So welcome to the next edition of Head to Total, a podcast that addresses everything medical, head to toe. Uh, it goes into some of the background, the pulling back of the curtain of what patients really want to ask physicians, even the administrative administrative side of healthcare. Today, very exciting guest, very exciting guest, Dr. Jeffrey B. Klein. He is a podiatrist uh, with mendelssohn Kornblum Orthopedics. He is also a TikTok star. Um, and, and my first question to Dr. Klein is this. Most people have a fear of the feet. You understand comprehensively the agony of defeat. What made you get into podiatry, Dr. Klein? Well, I wanted something in medicine. I wanted something that I could help people with. I wanted something that would have semi-normal hours during the day. And I was exposed to a lot of fields in medicine, including podiatric medicine and surgery. I had many relatives who were in the field, and I decided to go into podiatry. My relatives said to me, podiatry, we need dentists. We need plumbers in the family. We have enough podiatrists. But despite that, I've been doing this for quite some time and loving every minute of it. Listen, I got I to gotta tell everybody the story. It's a little embarrassing, but I'm going to tell them the story. So Dr. Klein and I met because here in Southeast Michigan, getting ready for sandal season. So I said there might be some issues with my feet. So I, I know Dr. Klein's reputation. I've seen him on TikTok and I went in to see him and I was, listen, guys, very hesitant. Nobody likes to show their feet, but Dr. Klein said, it's all okay. He's seen it all. And I took my shoe off and he was like, oh, uh, and, the, and the big joke between me and Dr. Klein now is he can retire on my feet. Uh, but one of the things that Dr. Klein showed me uh, was one of the problems with my feet, which he said I have very nice feet, uh, is I have a bunion. Not only do I have a bunion, I have a bunionette. Who's, who knew your feet were actually supposed to be straight? So, Dr. Klein, I think a lot of people are like, what? What is a bunion? What's it actually look like? What's it do? Why does it happen? So that's why one of the things I wanted to talk with you today about is, is bunions, because it's such a common problem. Well, can you tell us, give us the insight on my feet? Okay. Well, bunions are a very, very common problem that uh, people associate or people think of as a bump coming out of the side of their big toe. It's actually a angulation type problem or a biomechanical problem that you're not born with, but you're born with foot types that predispose it, predispose you for it, period. Um, people with high arch feet, people with flat feet will commonly get bunions. They are not caused by shoes that a lot of people think they are, but they're actually aggravated by shoes. And basically, because of the biomechanics or because of the way you walk, it causes a malalignment of the joints and it pulls the big toe towards the second toe, where the long bone below the first toe will kind of splayed outward and then you get the bump in that area. It's commonly uh, seen in families usually inherited from parents, grandparents, somebody in the family has had it. And sometimes they can be very painful with certain types of shoes. I got to tell you, Dr. Klein, remember when I came to see you, I said, my grandmother's shoes used to bow out on the sides because, 
and I never knew why. And it was because of her bunions. It, it, and 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 I, I love the way you say that shoes don't create the problem. Because one of the things I want to show our audience, and this is watch Dr. Klein's face. This, this this is the type of shoe that I wear on a daily basis. And Dr. Klein has has said, Colleen, they look really pretty. They're great shoes. But let me tell you what they're doing to your feet. And one of the tricks, I you know, I want to tell one of the tricks that Dr. Klein did for us was he said, and Dr. Klein, correct me if I'm wrong, he said, take your foot, draw it on a piece of paper, trace, trace your foot on a piece of paper, then put the shoe down over top of it and see the difference on how what you're cramming your foot into. But when when he saw me and he started, Dr. Klein, when he talked to me about my bunion, not we won't even get to the bunionette yet, but to the bunion, you're like, Colleen. If the if the good days outweigh the bad in the shoes that you're wearing, then there's no need for any any procedures. But when my bad days start to outweigh my good days, Dr. Klein, what's my next step? Well, there are many different options for bunions. First of all, getting rid of those shoes that we like to call the three toe shoes because only three toes will fit into those shoes. But anyhow, shoes are very, very important uh, for keeping bunion pain away. Then there's different things. People go to a dressy type affair and they wear a pair of bad shoes and they get a red inflamed joint and they'll come into the office and sometimes we'll just put a pad on it. Or sometimes we'll actually put uh, something topical on it, something like a pain cream or sometimes a cortisone injection. A lot of times what we'll do is we'll make people a pair of orthotics or plastic type of inserts that are 3D scans and 3D printed that will go into your shoes and they help to control the way you walk. They can help with bunion pain, but they will not get rid of bunion they will actually uh, go ahead and decrease the progression or stop the progression of bunions. Then when the bad days outnumber the good days and you just can't take the pain anymore, surgery may be an option. And there's many types of surgeries that can be done on bunions ranging from mild to moderate bunions, moderate to severe bunions. And some of them you can walk on immediately after the surgery. And some of them you have to stay off of it for a week or two or three, depending on the severity of the problem. After we got done talking about the one side of my foot, you were like, hey, you got a bunion. Then the other side of my foot has a little bump. And you said, oh, that's a bunionette. And I thought, oh, how cute. Uh, but but really, the bunionette hurts, too. I mean, like if I wear, you know, the shoes that I just showed you, my bunionette will start to hurt by the end of the day. Is it the same type of treatment? Is it the same type of, you know, OK, the good days right now are outweighing the bad. But when that starts to transition to the bad days start outweighing the good, what's what are my options when it comes to a bunionette? So a bunionette is a bony protuberance or a um, biomechanical problem where the bone by the little toe is prominent. It used to be called tailor's bunions because tailors who used a sewing machine with a foot pedal and pushed on the foot pedal with the side of their foot used to have a lot of pain in that area. So it can be treated much of the same way. Obviously, getting rid of the three-toe, high-heel, pointed-toe shoes, that's going to help. There's padding 
There's pain creams, there's injections, and there is surgery. Orthotics can help to slow down the progression of it. It just depends on how bad the deformity is and how bad the pain is in your daily life. When I am looking at my feet, and when you saw my feet and you didn't fall over, thank you for that. Um, When we were going through all that, are the bunions the reason my toes are are curving in? And now I'm getting, from what you said, hammer toes. Because I think a lot of people have toes. I always thought everybody's toes curled. When this little piggy went to market, I thought that was supposed to be a curly little toe and it was real cute. Uh, but I didn't know they were hammer toes. Can you walk us through what exactly is a hammer toe? What's it look like? What do you do for it? So your toes should be straight and flat on the ground in front of your foot. People have hammer toes, have toes that are actually contracted or in a fixed position where the top of the toe can rub on the top of the shoe. Now, this can be caused by many different reasons. One of the ways you get hammer toes is from the way you walk. It's very common that people who have very flat feet or very high arch feet will get hammer toes. Another thing is from the bunions or bunionettes where the big toe actually goes towards the second toe. And obviously the bigger toe, the big toe is larger than the second toe. So the second toe starts to pull upward. And the big toe in a severe bunion or a more moderate bunion can move towards the second and third toe where it's on top of it and it contracts the toe and it becomes... Uh, fixed in that position and rubs on tops of your shoes and can become very painful. There's obviously different treatments for that depending on the shoe gear that you wear and depending on your activities that you do. There are treatments ranging from different types of pads. A lot of people will get corns or calluses on top of the toes or on the ends of the toes that can cause a lot of pain. Sometimes people will get bursitis, which is like an inflammation of the soft tissue just above the bone on a hammer toe. And that can be very painful and cause burning or aching type pain. Sometimes will actually drain the bursa or the inflammation in that area. Sometimes will actually debreed or get rid of the corn when you come into the office or debride that. And then the last resort is surgery, where sometimes we'll actually straighten the toe by releasing a tendon. There is a tendon on the bottom of the foot that in certain conditions can be released right in the office, and that will reduce or get rid of the hammer toe and get rid of the pain. And sometimes we have to do a bony procedure where we're actually get rid of a portion of the knuckle or of the joint of the toe. People who have hammer toes can have them on the second, third, fourth, or fifth toes, but it's more common, especially with the types of shoes that you wear, to get it on your fifth toe as well as your second toe. But you can get them on all of the toes. It's funny because I do think I've developed a corn. I have to come back and see you. Yes. Uh, you, you mentioned it. A f- yeah, yeah, I'll be back. Um, you know, the other thing that you mentioned was orthotics. Now, I, you know, I mentioned that my grandmother had bad bunions and you had told me that my feet were pre- 
predisposed to having bunions because of my family history. But my father, um, and you guys got to understand, I mean, your feet carry a lot of load. So you should be seeing a podiatrist, not just for, you know, I went for cosmetic reasons, but this is, these are some very serious things that can affect other parts of your body. But Dr. Klein, my dad always joked because he wore orthotics. Now, I mean, this was back in the day when they, I think they were made of leather. But his joke was the reason he had to wear orthotics is he was born and raised right outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is a very hilly area. So the joke was your one leg is always longer than the other when you live outside of Pittsburgh because you're compensating for all the hills that you have to walk on. Is it orthotics have come a long way? And, and you and I, when we when we were together, you had told me about, oh, I could 3D print these in the office. Um, you know, that there's capabilities of doing that. What exactly is an orthotic who benefits from or, an orthotic? Can you walk us through that? See how I did walk us through? Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about that, Dr. Klein? Absolutely. Orthotics are biomechanical devices that we make by scanning a foot placed in a certain position. We call it the neutral subtalar joint position. And that's what the studies show that our feet function best with. Um, just as a side note, whenever you walk, you're putting two to three times your body weight on each heel. If you're wearing a high heel shoe, a spike heel in particular, you're throwing that forward to the front of your foot. So that's going to aggravate the bunions, the tailor's bunions, and the hammer toes. But what an orthotic is, it's a plastic device that we custom make for you with my prescription on it. And sometimes people who have limb like discrepancies, like you've described with your father, where one leg may be shorter than the other, or other patients who have had injuries in the past, or just have a congenitally short limb, we will add something to the orthotic to compensate for that. But what orthotics do is they control the way you walk, similar to what glasses do. Glasses control the way I see, but they don't correct it. However, after stating that in children, in younger children, orthotics can control and correct the way they walk for certain conditions. As they grow, it kind of puts their feet in the proper position so they grow into that position. But for most adults, or for all adults, it cannot correct it. It will just control it. And basically what it does is it puts your feet in alignment so you could have shock absorption on your feet. Or you can have a biomechanically sound or correct or better walking. And basically it will slow down things like bunions or bunionettes. It will get rid of things like heel pain or plantar fasciitis, and it can most certainly help with knee pain, hip pain, and back pain. We don't treat knee pain, hip pain, and back pain with orthotics, but the studies show that 80% of these types of pains are related to the biomechanical fault of your feet, or basically to the way you're walking. So if we can control the way you're walking better, then that can help these other types of conditions also. They're used for many different reasons, things from 
pain in the front of your foot like metatarsalgia. We already talked about bunions, hammer toes, and Taylor's bunions. For plantar fasciitis, people who have unstable ankles a lot of times will stabilize the foundation of their body, which is their feet, and try and um, help with that with a biomechanical orthotic. Didn't you tell me a story about there was an a-, a professional athlete who got his shoes stolen? What's that story? He got his shoes stolen? Yeah, that was one of the Pistons when it was back-to-back-to-backs many years ago. And I think he was playing in a game in California, and he got on national TV, and he said, someone stole my shoes. He said, keep the shoes, but please return the orthotics. I cannot play without these orthotics. <laughs> I, to show, I mean, seriously, when you're putting that much weight on your feet and it, it corrects, if a professional athlete is doing it, you know, the, the the average everyday person should really come and see you and talk to you about that. It's It's really fascinating. Now. Again, I go back to Southeast Michigan, guys, it's sandal season, fast approaching. And one of the big questions that Dr. Klein has been getting is about foot fungus. And what does foot fungus really look like? What's it feel like? How does it get under the toenail? What's the difference between having a foot fungus and an ingrown toenail? So, Dr. Klein, can we take this uh, one digit at a time and talk about what exactly is the foot fungus and how does it spread? How does it happen? Okay. So when you talk about foot fungus, most people are usually talking about the fungus or the thickened yellow discolored toenail. That is one type of condition that is seen very commonly in many, many different types of people of all ages. In years of my early practice, it was usually seen in uh, senior citizens. Now I have adolescents, teenagers, and senior citizens that come into the office with a yellowed thick toenails that can sometimes be painful and sometimes not. The way it starts usually is by bumping your toe or dropping something on your toe. The nail lifts up ever so slightly and a fungus gets under the nail. And this happens slowly usually and will cause the nail to be thick, discolored, sometimes very hard and sometimes very crumbly. It can spread from nail to nail from foot to foot, and from family member to family member. Like I said, they sometimes can be painful and sometimes not. For your typical foot fungus that is not that painful or not painful at all, there are two options that patients have for that. One is an oral medication, or it's a medication that's taken by mouth, for three months, and it has a very high success rate. The downside of that medication is it can have some side effects. So you have to monitor the medication with blood work while taking that for the three months. The other thing to do for that is a topical medication or an antifungal nail lacquer. These are the types of things that you paint on your nails, usually twice a day. And that can help or make it go away 
Um, however, you have to be cautioned that it works on growing toenails. So when you talk about toenail fungus, toenails take approximately eight to 10 months to grow out completely. So you're talking about using this nail lacquer, this antifungal on your nails for quite some time. What people who say who have nail fungus is their nails grow very slowly in length, but grow quickly in thickness. So thinning down the nail is also a very important thing. We also treat the skin at the same time with antifungal skin, skin um, medicine because a lot of times the fungus is on the skin. And then we'll also treat the shoes. We usually recommend that you not wear the same shoes every day. And if your feet are the type of feet that perspire a lot, we recommend these, these hot 90-degree days that hopefully will be coming about very soon that you change your socks halfway through the day. But spraying um, the shoes with an, uh, a deodorizer, basically, um, or an antifungal spray is very important. Uh, you know, out of that, all of that goodness that you just gave me, here's what I heard. Uh, Dr. Klein gave me permission to buy additional shoes because I should switch my <laughs> shoes during the day. Um, you were saying that it can spread from family member to family member. Is that through direct contact of the feet or is it through, you know, you use the same shower as uh, as your family members? How does it spread from family member to family member? Both ways, direct contact and showers. Uh, people who um, go to the gym and use public showers, it's very common or it's more common to have fungus toenails because they're picking it up from the public shower. So if you choose to use a public shower, um, you should wear a pair of sandals in the shower or flip-flops in the shower so you try to limit the amount of fungus that you could pick up because fungus can also affect the skin and when it affects the skin that's called athlete's foot or tinea pedis and that can be treated a lot easier than a fungus toenail with keeping your feet as dry as possible drying real well after you bathe or swim wearing breathable leather type shoes or canvas type shoes and a topical antifungal or a cream that gets rid of the fungus. I had once heard that fingernails grow from the back of the nail, not at the tip of the nail where a lot of people think, is that true? The toenail too grows from the back, not from the tip. Absolutely. Actually the anatomy or the way a toenail grows is the covering of the bones in our body or the periosteum is deep next to the bone or covering the bone. Then what comes off of this periosteum is the nail matrix, which is where the nail grows from. And so it grows from the back or the cuticle area, or we call the epinicium area, and it grows out distally to the end of the toe. And that's why these antifungal medicines, whether it's a topical or whether it's a pill, work on growing toenails. Toenails are not alive. There's no blood supply to the toenails. So you've got to work on getting rid of the fungus in the nail that is growing and also in the nail bed. If 
fungus is actually the disease of the nail bed. We treat fungus of fingernails also with the same type of treatments, but it's a lot easier to get rid of fungus fingernails because fingernails will grow much quicker than toenails. And um, they're less common to have a fungus in the fingernails as opposed to toenail. Uh, the other thing you mentioned that I think it's important to talk to people about, you mentioned wearing shower shoes, flip-flops. Everybody wears a flip-flop everywhere nowadays, Dr. Klein. Um, flip-flops aren't the best things for our feet. Am I right? Not at all. We call that in my business, we call that job security. And this is the time of year that everybody loves to wear flip-flops. The problem with flip-flops, even though some of them are made better than others, is they give you no support. So it's like walking around barefoot. So it predisposes you to things like plantar fasciitis or heel spur syndrome. Um, it predisposes you to a lot of different things, including um, foreign bodies. Uh, we tell our diabetic patients that they should never wear flip-flops and they should never walk around barefoot. I feel like, Dr. Klein, there are feet are fascinating. And, and I don't know if everybody understands, again, the importance of taking care of your feet because they support your entire body. I, I really want to do another podcast with you to talk about a few things. I do want to talk about ingrown toenails. I do want to talk about diabetic foot care because that's a very scary thing. Um, and, and I do want to talk about, we've talked about kind of the, forgive me, the light and airy stuff, but you've done some radical stuff. There's a great TikTok that you do about rolling the ankle and the tendons in the ankle. And if you're good with it, I'd like to invite you back uh, because I've taken quite a lot of your time today. I, I would love to invite you back and talk about some very serious conditions that you have seen and that you have helped with and, and are helping people walk better. Plus, again, sports season's coming up. Kids are going to be outside playing. You, you had told me um, on your website, you talk about Seavers disease. I want to go through that. So would you be willing to come back and talk to us again, Dr. Klein? Absolutely. It would be my pleasure. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. No, not a lot of my guests say that. So thank you for that too, by the way. Everybody, <laughs> if you haven't, Give a quick Google, check them out. You're going to learn some great stuff. His TikToks are fascinating. And frankly, my foot is the foot in the bunion video. Uh, so Dr. Jeffrey B. Klein, thank you. Thank you so much for your time today. And we will see you again soon. Thank you so much. Bye.